Blog Talk Radio. That time, we have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have a great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Welcome to the Net Live. Post-holiday weekend, terrible voice edition. Is this the infirmary edition of the Net Live? We've had a rough run. Yeah. Ankles, barfing. Yeah. You missed Jay. I Jay missed was Jay. here in person. You were You were throwing up. Literally throwing up. I will play hurt today. My voice is gone. Starting last night at go-kart racing, it is now gone Drink. entirely this morning. Raging. Barely, like, took a hot shower, had some hot tea, a little peanut butter to try and lubricate the voice. <laughs> Pardon me, almond butter. Almond, almond butter, butter, yeah, come on, Kevin. Health, health first. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Barnett and G.J. Jeremy Ruscha, the dynamic duo back in the home court Hi. together. Man, I still have a Batman thing for you that I need to acquire. <laughs> I need to acquire it, and I, okay. will, and I will give it to you once I acquire it. Awesome. Uh, we have a good show for you today. We're going to be uh, we're gonna be quick today. <laughs> this is going to be fast. And you're going to like this. You're going to like this because we have a lot of material and we're going to squeeze it all in. World League. Yep. World League finals set. United States, they're in. We'll talk a little bit about their matches with Russia. Not seen on TV yet are the matches with Serbia, which happened this past weekend. We will chat about those. USA Cup underway this weekend. A series of four matches between the USA women and Brazil. Bren Center, Friday. No, Saturday, right? Now, was this more like Grand a... Grand Center Saturday. Was this more like a friendly, more like an invitational yeah. type thing? No, it's a friendly okay. match. No, but it, it's still, you get out and you compete, but it is not world championships. Gotcha. That's for sure. A good tune-up for world championships yeah. for both teams. USA Women on Saturday at the Bren Center at UC Irvine, and then Galen Center last night on the campus of USC. We will chat a bit about that, what we've seen. The AVP Milwaukee. That is uh, Algonquin for the good land. The good land. Yeah. Thank you, Alice Cooper, forever. We will chat about AVP Milwaukee. It was, by all reports, a huge success. Yep. And to confirm nor deny that success, or deny, Todd Goronsky will once again join us. He of Bradford Beach. Yes, that you and I both now have T-shirts of. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Todd. Straight up front. Thank you for the tank top. I will be rocking that at the gym. Sun's out, guns out. On tank top Monday, tank, tank top Tuesday, <laughs> tank top Wednesday, tank top Thursday, or tank top Friday, Saturday. Either one. I will, I will be at any of those particular days. Uh, Jay would like to know who's in the studio with us because he doesn't believe that's your voice. It is my voice. That's uh, Frog. Frog version Barnett. It's yep. terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I could feel it coming on last night. You know... You feel fine, and then all of a sudden you start to feel something. I could feel last night I'm drinking all kinds of water, and I'm trying to hold on, and just feeling like crap. Went to sleep. Middle of the night, I could tell it was... Not good. 
Yeah, it was game over. So I'm lucky to even be talking. I considered canceling the show. When you were texting me this morning, you're like, I could go back to bed. I'm like, I could have easily gone back to bed. Maybe. But we had Goronsky. We have a bunch of good stuff to talk about. I can't let this pass us by. If this was a week where nothing had really gone on, it may have been a, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. If this was January or February, we would not have a show today. (laughs) But since it's the summer and there's lots of stuff happening, I feel like I've been gone for too long. Like, do I need to apologize? I don't. I didn't have a chance to listen to the shows last two weeks that I've missed. Do we I need didn't to pol- take you out of the intro. Well, obviously, because it's my intro, because I made it. Um, <laughs> do I need to apologize for any music or anything? No, I think mine was okay. Okay. I'll, I'll have to listen and be the judge of that. but You will have to judge that, but yeah. I thought the music was okay. Uh, speaking of music, I didn't have a chance to respond on Twitter yet, but Garthoff asked me if I can make a shorter version of Ice Ice Baby. Because the normal version, which is 4 minutes and 33 seconds, is apparently too long for him to dance to when Rob the Mic plays it for him. (laughs) So uh, I could probably whittle it down to like a good minute of the solid parts of the song for Matt. He can maybe come up with a routine for it. He doesn't have to uh, pull a hammy on the 4 minute plus version. Tell him to warm up. We've seen how it's done. Cable guy. That's true, yeah. You've got to warm up. Oh, we're playing prison rules. Thanks to Volleyball Magazine for their support of the program, as well as 6-8 Clothing Company. They've come on board with us here this year, and they are in with the volleyball community there and putting their name in a lot of places, 6-8ClothingCompany.com. That is the number eight, the word six. Get out there and check them out. It's live tall, baby. That's how you Dress roll. well, live tall, 6-8. I would buy their clothing if it would fit. You'd look funny in their clothing. You think? Pajamas. <laughs> Pajamas is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I had a good weekend this weekend, Jeremy. I don't know. I know you were working. I had a great weekend, too. We had a rager on Friday. Fourth of July was this weekend. Yeah. Heard the weather was fantastic in Southern California. Couldn't have been better. Sweet. Had a absolute rager on Friday up at a friend's house where my 40th birthday party was, and you weren't there either, but same place. And <sighs> we had a big slide. Was that a wedding, Kevin? We had For big, my brother. We had a big slide. <laughs> We had a jousting ring. Sweet. These are inflatables. They're giant inflatables. Are you the red knight or the blue knight? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hang on. Let me get my let me get my Echo Entertainment stuff out. Red knight's going down. Jay was there for that. Down, down, in down. Dallas. <laughs> um, jousting. Sorry. We had some issues with the equipment. The slide, probably 15 feet tall, straight down into the pool. Lots mm-hmm. of fun. Mm-hmm. Got a few adults up there. Turns out the slide wasn't staked down, so the entire slide tipped over with kids in it. Nice. And which prompted people to tell a story, which I have yet to watch, but I hear is awful, is the story of a bounce house taking off the ground and flying like 300 feet in the air with a kid in it. Yeah, I never read the whole article on that, but I heard, I heard about that. Like, is that was it true? A strong gust of wind, like some kids in there bouncing around, and all of a sudden it takes off? Okay, I've lived in Colorado. And I can vouch for this. You'll be in Colorado. There'll be a gentle five-mile-an-hour breeze. And then all of Nothing that. happening. Yeah. Out of nowhere, within five seconds, the wind will be howling at 40 miles an hour. Let me ask you this, though. If you do go up into the air, is a bounce house probably a safe thing to be in? Because when you come down, it's a bounce house. Well, I'm going to say no because given the construction of bounce houses, you need electrical power. Great call. To continue to inflate said bounce house. What if the uh, plus it only has one bouncy surface? I've seen some that are fairly bouncy all the way around, but you do have the uh, mesh netting on the side that could hurt once you hit the concrete. Yes, from 300 feet. 
yeah. if it's on if it's on say 500 feet of exter- of extension cord no problem it'll keep running I, either way, I mean, a tragic thing, you watch your kid get swept up in a bounce house, that's where, you, do you blink and you're like, am I dreaming? Because this is not real. Like, this can't happen. Those things don't fly. They don't have wings. So we had this thing tip over, not nearly as dramatic as that, but that wasn't fun. One kid ended up on his head on the concrete. We had 75 people, I think about 30 of them were kids. And the jousting ring began as a jousting ring, which is a little sketchy anyway, mm-hmm. to hire the jousting ring. It is a large square with two posts, okay? Has two posts, and they can stand on those hard posts, but the rest of it, the bouncy area. For some reason, one of the kids brings a hose in. <laughs> that, made, that sounds like making perfect sense to me. Absolutely. You're a slide and there's a pool. All of a sudden, you're in a, a ring that is wet, and one corner of it, downhill corner, is full of water, probably about two feet of water. <laughs> I go in, and immediately it, it, I'm fighting kids. I'm fighting them off. Sweet. They're punching me with like the the battle tools that they of have for this joust thing. Of course they are. My sons, of course, are the instigators of all this. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. hitting me in the head. I'm like, dude, cut it out. Quit hitting me in the head. <laughs> I go to take a step. While I'm holding a kid, and I literally do the splits. Uh. And I'm not equipped. I am not a gymnast. No, I can't do the splits. Uh, I, I basically did. Ugh. And now I did the splits. I, my right groin is torn. I'm laying there going, ah! With a kid still with your hand wrapped Multiple around his kids neck. kids jumping on me. <laughs> One kid spraying me in the face with the hose. My son punching me in the side of the head. And I'm going, stop, I'm hurt. Mass anarchy going on at this Dude, party, Kevin. I'm hurt. So that was one thing. It was like when they knocked the giant down, just everybody just pounced on him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, had they had they uh, was it Gulliver's Travels? Yeah, had they pasted me to the ground, you know, staked the me down, rope over you, that yeah. would have been fine. Sweet. So these little rats are attacking me. That's the PG, I get my PG word you were using right there. I eventually start launching them, a la Top Gun. I grab a kid, throw him down, hook him by the ankles with my hands. <laughs> and really pull them across my body, left to right, and let them go as fast as I can. They go screaming across this square and crash into the corner into the two feet of water. Lovely. And any other kid that was there. It was like bowling yeah. with children. Yeah. And they uh, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. My so turn. I eventually get out. Mm-hmm. A couple parents come over and go, is it okay? Like, what's happening here? I said, no, it's fine. Like it's my fine. Kids, I was just beating your children. It's okay. My, my kids are behaving as I grab like her son and take him and throw him from the outside to the inside of said arena. <laughs> so they come over and they ask, "Is it okay?" The, the kid later, one of the brothers of the partic- this particular mother, there were about fifteen or twenty kids in there, but this mother comes o- or the, the kid comes over and says, "Are you going to go back in the jousting ring?" <laughs> I said, "What? You need me in the jousting ring?" He said, "No, we want you in the jousting ring." So we had we had some fun there. You were a fan favorite. Here's the thing. We had all those kids running around, going crazy, slide into the pool, people doing backflips off the slide, all the mayhem in the jousting arena. We had one big injury. It was a bloodied head, and it was a kid who was going across the deck of the pool on his own. I was standing right near him. He was by himself. And just Nobody fell. near him. Yeah. Slipped, whacked Boom. his head, and started bleeding. That was the only injury. Oh, we had a bloody nose, too. That also did not occur in either of the blow-ups. And or wasn't your fault. 
Well, yeah, I, I have been at fault at times. Yeah. My aunt, one of my aunts, very fond of informing me that I broke her daughter's arm when her daughter was seven. Her daughter's now like 35. <laughs> she can't let it go. She cannot let it go. She, cannot, she can't stop. Never mind that I was shooting kids across the room at their request. Mind you, I'm of like course. 16. Yeah. I'm laying on my back, tuck my legs up, put a kid on my feet. Supermaning them. And I'm shooting kids across the room with my feet like a catapult and into a pile of pillows. Casey came up short. You can't case a jump and expect to walk away. She didn't land the, uh, the, the dismount. The funny thing was, my recollection is she was holding her, her left wrist Yeah. after the, the thing. She went upstairs. She complained to her mom. She's crying. Mom freaks out. Of course. Mom's a nut like that. And no, her right wrist was broken. Not but I'm like, wait a minute. Which, but she kind of landed on both. So. Gotcha. Physical, definitely my fault. Physical harm slash comedy is the best. That same trip, my Uncle Steven got very upset. Now I get it. At the time, I, I didn't understand because we all thought it was funny. Yeah. We were taking my cousin James as a little nut job, and he's eight years old. We had him in a, in a ring of blankets. Fire. And we were taking these big couch cushions, these long couch cushions, like four-foot-long couch cushions, and we were high-lowing him with the couch cushions. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's going to flip and slam his face into the ground. So, yeah, one whips it at his feet, the other one whips it at his head, and he gets scissored yeah. down. We videotaped it. Yep. We were watching it upstairs and, like, slow-mowing it and stuff. <laughs> of course. And his dad came along and saw it was none too happy Not with too us. pleased. <laughs> I think he burned the tape. I wish we still had the tape. Uh, good friend of the show is online right now. On the line? On the line. Is uh, is he an intact ACL? <laughs> Reed? Wait. So, so I recognize Jeremy's voice. Who's the other guy? Yeah, special guest host. <laughs> man, oh man, rough weekend, huh? Yeah, it ended badly, I guess. Apparently. I'm going to hope to make it through today. <laughs> at least it ended at the end of the weekend, at the beginning of the weekend. Yeah, that's fine. No. I'm going away to the desert this week with the wife. I better be healthy by then. Start hydrating now. You want to take my one of my kids for the weekend? Nope. It's just a rental. Nope. Come on. Mm-mm. It's a young one. He's awesome. Uh, it has nothing to do with how awesome or not awesome they are. They're both awesome. Yeah. Not you, happening. You could have either one. I'll let you have a choice. Not happening. Okay. I'll call Nicole later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reed, what's going on? Where are you right now? I am en route to uh, physical therapy. It's my new life right now. Yeah, about surgery. the longest time. Did you already have surgery? I did. Had surgery on the 18th, so I'm a, I'm close to uh, three weeks removed. And uh, moving around, progressing nicely. The surgeon says uh, everything went well, and he likes his work. So uh, <laughs> going with that for now. That's he's, always good. He's happy with himself. Yeah. I am pleased. Yes. Funny enough, he, uh, after he operated on me. I saw him a week later, and the next day he was en route to Minneapolis for JOs. Uh, his daughter, uh, two daughters actually play volleyball. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a little volleyball connection there. I told him I could hook him up with VIP stuff, and then I realized there's probably nothing there. <laughs> You're like, I'll get you in. But then I heard, uh, actually, that the USA Volleyball Foundation 
set up a like a US, you know at the Olympics where they had the USA volleyball house. Yeah. Um, they are now hosting a similar space at the JOs for parents to come and get Wi-Fi and and watch Wimbledon and World Cup and stuff like that. So if you're a parent listening and you didn't know that, uh, I would look for that next time you're at the JOs. Cool. Do do what you can to get on that list. Very cool. So did you come up with a barter for this read? Did you say, hey, uh, you know, I'll give you your daughter some lessons and you fix my ACL? Just even Steven. I definitely floated out as much as I could. Just said, hey, you know, I was the last surgery of the day. I was trying to inquire to the other nurses. Is he a closer? Is he an opener? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, like, you don't want to start in the ninth inning. Yeah, so uh, he did a great job. And uh, great thing about it was there was a volleyball guy, Matt Prosser. You guys know him. Plays yep. played at Long Beach State, and uh, he's in the medical field with the various hardware pieces that go into surgeries like this. His company was uh, responsible for providing that hardware during my surgery, so he was in the surgery. So it's always nice to have a familiar face, um, and that that was that's always encouraging. Are you concerned at all that he's buddies with the physician and asks, like, oh, let, me, let me get in there a little bit. Let me see what I can do. And Prosser did some stuff to your knee. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the great part about the reputation of uh, the surgeon is that um, he is a, a stickler and very demanding uh, inside the OR. So he's a nice guy out of, out of it and very demanding in, inside of it. So uh, I think... Uh, I think he had control of the entire operation. At least that's what I'm going with. So when Reed came in, it was, hey, put the gas mask on now. Yeah. Go to sleep now. <laughs> Immediately. I like that. Matt Prosser in, in studio there for the, uh, the yeah. surgery. Yep. Very good. Yeah, Phil Etherton also in that business. Mike Lambert in that business. Not the same companies, but in that world. In that world. Good place for ex-athletes is what I hear. Yeah. It's, uh, all those guys have great things to say about the, the, the transition they've made from playing volleyball to, uh, to working. Man, I'm driving on PCH. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a giant swell. It is awesome. A giant what? Swell. Oh, swell. I was out yesterday at San Clemente, actually. It was, uh, it was quite fun. There's, there's Facebook proof. Um, are you guys huge concerned that there was a... Uh Shark attack off the Manhattan Beach Pier this weekend? Nah. You hooked him. Yeah. The thing's on the line. Why, yeah. why are you... First of all, I heard he was chumming the water as well, by the way. That's right. unconfirmed. So, regardless. There's a lot of stories out there. One of them is that the guy got his head bit off. Huh. The other one is he has a big chunk out of his torso. In reality, he has about six puncture wounds. That's what he has. The shark kind of hit him and like... Yeah, he said the shark got him in the... He got, the shark got me in the thigh and the mid-torso. I'm like, that is a huge bite, by the way. No, mid-torso, not in the thigh. No, he, yeah. had, he had. I saw him on the news last night. He had he had injuries across his mid-torso, yeah. and he had an injury on his hand, I think, from slapping the from shark in the face. Saying, get off of me. Yeah, because sharks are like sandpaper. You can't... <laughs> You can't uh, like run your hand down them. It's like a 60 grit. Yeah. Maybe a 30 grit. <laughs> 30 grit. He got a little uh, tester bite, and then the, the shark let go. Yeah, the guy didn't taste good. I mean, you know the American diet. Well, it's just good. True that. I, I heard that uh, it's illegal to keep a white on the line, and the guy was trying to fight him off for 45 minutes. 
seems like the uh, the Sharks not really at fault. He was just doing no, the I Sharks. Don't, I, so yeah, the that's where they Whoever lived. wasn't really at fault. It was just the fishermen that should have alerted the powers that be that, hey, I got a white shark and I'm keeping him, or at least I'm trying to. <laughs> well, the key. Keeping them. <laughs> this is a bunch of different stuff, though, because it is, it's, it's illegal to catch and keep a great white. Yeah. I don't know if it's illegal to catch and release a great white. You certainly can't keep it, but I don't know if it's illegal to catch one. Because how are you going to know what it is? Unless it breaches. Unless it breaches, yeah. So I, I don't know all the details, but there are certainly 20 different versions of the story out there right now. Gotcha. But regardless, somebody was fishing off the pier. Which is routine. Juvenile great white. Six to seven foot, they said. Which is still big. Yeah. And then I heard the guy was a long-distance swimmer, so he's probably swimming, you know, so they were out 20, 30 the yards off the coast swimming, and he got a little nip. Yeah. Yeah, he got a taster. No. That concerns I'd me. like to know if this fisherman, what his build was like. I mean, what was his game plan for when he was going to lift it the 30 feet up from the water to the top of the yeah. pier? With this $5 fishing pole from Big Lots. You know, strangely enough, the guy's name was Quinn. Oh. No, it wasn't. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> well, all right. All right. We've well, got lots of uh, volleyball to talk about. What a volleyball weekend. It was fun, especially for a guy laid up, to uh, have lots of options yeah, to no uh, be watching. I, I caught the women's game on uh, Saturday night and uh, saw some live streaming AVP. I saw Dave McKenzie. Go for the I'll go up and block call and stuff some balls. It was awesome. He was roofing uh, people in one match. It was great. And then the guys, you know, coming up big. I mean, it, it looked like the guys, uh, the national team, They were. it looked like they were playing a final. It was awesome. The guys just brought a, a new level of focus and energy and because it, it was a final. You know, it was. Keep going, lose, go home, and that was so cool to see. So hopefully they – they uh, felt that feeling and are going to take it into the final. So lots to talk about. Good to talk to you guys, and we'll uh, catch up soon. All right. Rehab well, Mr. Pretty. All right. See you, Reed. Thank you. Reed Pretty checking in. He of the repaired ACL. Yeah. Reed Pretty back uh, in action. I would guess, what does he say, three weeks? I would guess 11 months from now. Until he's 100%? Yeah, well, until he's 100%, I would say 18 months. Until he's back and playing confidently, I would say, 12 months, 11 months now. Well, I mean, a few weeks ago, I remember him saying that he's not rushing back to get on the court. He's going to make sure his his full body is 100%, not just, oh, my knee's back. I can get back on the court and play. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's take a short break. Because okay. we, we will have on the other side, uh, hopefully, Todd Goronsky, Bradford Beach. Yep. And... Yeah, I'm checking that right now. Working on that. We'll also talk about USA Cup, AVP, and World League. Lots to get through here on the Net Live. Kevin and Jeremy. And listen, 
that what it reminded me of. More churches in Chicago, but yeah, it, yeah, it is a little bit of a small the, Chicago, especially with the river running through. That's what made me think about it. The don't most. tell people in Wisconsin that though. They will get upset. They're not Chicago. They're Milwaukee. No, I, I get it. They're like the Packers there too. I don't know if you know that. They're yeah, they cheeseheads. Yes. Um, so Dustin and I get in at like midnight on Thursday. We go have cheese curds before we go to bed. I don't recommend that per se. Yeah, maybe midday is yeah. better time for yeah. cheese curds. Uh, so get to the site. Site looks great. You know, four courts. This year, I am the DJ booth is stationed on the outside of the stadium, so I actually get to play music to the entire crowd. So you don't feel exiled. You actually feel free. Correct. And the only sta- only court I can't see is stadium, but I get to see three other courts. So I kind of feel like I know what's going on. I'm situated. You get a broader view of the tournament. Absolutely. I'm situated right next to uh, tournament director Jeff Conover, where the big board mm-hmm. of the tournament bracket is. And yet, with the big board there, people still ask who's coming up next. Uh, it's tough to read. And also, reading is a hard a hard skill. What does ST stand for? Next to what court they're playing on? Started. Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. Um, so I had that question a couple of times, but that's fine. The Weather was fantastic on Friday. It was mm-hmm. the be- I mean, it was it wasn't perfect. hot in the Midwest this weekend. Hum- Humidity-wise, no, not at all, not one bit. Especially considering uh, Matt Garhoff says ST stands for Spike Town. Just case you're <laughs> The weather leading up to it, I think as late as Wednesday, it had poured rain. Poured like skies opened up, dogs and cats living together, pouring type rain. Frogs. Yeah. Totally. Locusts. And uh, you know, Dave Culpepper and Todd and all their crew like did did a great job of getting the sand back because I heard like it got pretty p- hard packed after the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like jumping off a hard surface for indoor. A lot, of the, a lot of the players said, you know, especially in the qualifier, like they've never blocked so well before in their lives. Getting up there, trying to feel like mini fills a little bit, if you will. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah, a little, little, little rain. A little mini fill. A little yeah. rain and you can be mini fill. Absolutely. So Friday weather was fantastic and it was... <sighs> In my 11 years, it may have been the most packed Friday I've ever seen. Now, you have to take that in perspective, too. Normally, I'm on stadium, so I don't get to see all of the outside. But there were people around all the courts all day long. I mean, obviously, it was the 4th of July, so it was a holiday, so that helps. But stadium during the day as well, I could see the stadium. I couldn't see the court. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple matches in there was pretty much packed, for sure. And that's – I don't know if stadium's ever been packed on – a Friday before ever that I can think of. Beach tournament's interesting because of the roving nature of people. And they it's understandable between good matchups. But it's understandable and like why if you're a volleyball fan, why wouldn't you do that? You're not just gonna sit on stadium court all day and just wait for whatever match is coming next unless that's all there is, but there's not. There's three other courts going on besides stadium. There are great matches that don't occur in stadium. One hundred percent. Um and that is one thing I'd missed all those years. People would be like, Oh, how was that match? Like I have no idea. I was on stadium, no clue. So you now, can hear the distant roar. Exactly, yeah. It's like watching Tiger Woods go around a golf course. You just know where he is because the crowd's following him. Yeah, so you know where the good matches are by the crowds. Uh, there was a local boy, I believe, he's, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he was playing with Dave McKenzie this weekend from the Milwaukee area. Uh-huh. They were team buff. Yeah. They were both well-groomed physique gentlemen. Um, and they actually did pretty well. I think they got a seventh, if I remember off the top of my head. I know they went top ten, because I saw a thing from Dave talking about that. Yeah, went through the qualifier, got in the main draw, did decently well. Um, there was a match that uh, Reed had talked about uh, where Dave was blocking, and he was absolutely roofing people. Wet sand? Yeah, got to do what you got to do. 
Uh, Billy Kalinsky. That's what. There you is. go. Thank you so much. That is a wonderful Midwest name, by the way. Yes, Billy Kalinsky. He could either <laughs> be in this AVP volleyball tournament and team with T- Dave McKenzie on Team Buff, or he could sell you brake pads. Either one. You know what? That's a great. Like, that's a great call. Like Ray Zelinsky. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. Billy Kalinsky. Yeah. I'm with I'm with Kalinsky, Kalinsky. Auto Parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so great weather was fantastic on Friday. It was best weather. wasn't too hot. I was also shaded in the DJ booth, so that helps as well. But uh, it was great. Saturday tournament was great. Uh, Jimmy Butler from the Chicago Bulls showed up. Nice. Uh, Geeter and Dustin were pitching him to the. Lakers. Okay. I said I don't need you on the Clippers, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm we not don't sure. need help. I think he found that amusing, but I don't know. You might want to talk to Purple and Gold. They yeah, talk. they uh, they need some help. They may be getting mellow, for all I know, but they could probably use you as well. Very yeah. nice guy. He was kind of, you know, like I know he came with some people. He's a young kid. But uh, he kind of roamed solo. Like it wasn't like I had this big entourage. He just enjoyed it, loved the sport, had a good time. It was cool to see him there. He's nice. A big dude. Shook his hand like he has a um, – he's – You felt small. Yeah, like – no wonder I can't palm a basketball. Let's just put it that way. He could probably palm three. There's nothing wrong with baby hands. Uh, Rich Lamborn commented on how soft my hands were this weekend. I didn't know oh. how awkward I should feel about that, or he was upset that I've never done manual labor in my life. Speaking of good looks, I noticed a couple of photos of Casey Patterson. Yep. And- uh, here's a well wish to him. I hope he got home safe this week. I hope he didn't. I hope thought he just sat quietly in his no chair. Emergency landing. Yeah. Don't yeah. speak on this flight. Sit Casey. quietly in your chair, yeah. Casey. Pipe down. Yeah. When you get to LAX, you can let it out in the terminal. No mm-hmm. big deal. But I saw some pictures of Casey hitting. Yep. The Suave Hawk. It's fantastic. In full form. We're flowing. going up because it is, he's, yeah. It is flowing. He has just, you know, crested in the jump. He is perhaps coming down. The hair is is feeling it at the top of the jump. Yeah. Better hair on the weekend, you or him? Casey, for sure. Okay. Honestly, that's good. Yeah, I have, and I have no trouble with that. Although I will say, was it Friday morning? I think it was Friday morning. Before I'd even left the hotel to go to the site. I'd already had three compliments on my hair. I saw that on social media. Yeah, hadn't yeah. even left the People hotel. People were loving yet. your Suave Hawk. They were. I mean, Wisconsin loves the Suave Hawk. So, you know, Casey's is Casey's taller and he's blonde. You know, I don't know what that means. He's put on 600 pounds of muscle. Yeah, I mean, the guy is just... 60 super, pounds of muscle in the last year. Yeah, yeah. easily. Probably 10 pounds in the last month. Yeah, he looks he's like Ferrigno. Buff. All right. Um, but Winners. I, Familiar winners. Carrie <sighs> and April. Mm-hmm. Six of the last eight tournaments. They Went won. three, though. Brooke and Lauren, they were knocking. They won game one. Mm-hmm. Looked really good. Game two had some chances, but then Karen April kind of took it at the end. And then game three, they were they had their opportunities. They were there. They were playing well. What are Karen and April doing well? Serving. Yeah. Uh, their ball... Uh, it's just ball control is ridiculous. Like, even... I mean, you see some people will dive out of bounds. They'll get a touch on the ball, but not a touch back perfectly straight up to their partner. Not a quality touch, right? It's a quality of ball contact. Absolutely. I mean, the ball control is is amazing, and they're just so they're just so physical, both of them. Yeah, Carrie and April. I mean, if April is ripping her jump serves and Carrie's at the net, uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat. You better you have to play your perfect game and have to hope they're off a little bit. Um, Carrie's getting more comfortable on the right side, you can tell. 
And uh, I think once she's 100% comfortable on that right side, it's going to be even scarier. On the men's side, another familiar team as of late. Yep. Two wins in the last three tournaments now. Last John Hyden and Triborn. Last three tournaments. Win, fifth, win. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And they look good, too. In the, I think it was the quarterfinals in Saturday morning, or Sunday morning, they were playing uh, Casey Jennings and Jeremy Casebear. So you have two of the best defenders on tour, and John Hyden and Casey Jennings battling it out, and two young gun blockers up, up front. Cool. It was, really, like, it was almost like they were the same team. Uh, great match. Casey and Jeremy had you know their opportunities to win it, and then Hyden Bourne won and uh, made it to the finals and beat Phil and Rosie in two. How long till Triborn has a tri-tip sponsorship? Can we get him... That's a great call. Can we get him a Young's Meat Market or... Great call. Who's the Midwest one that will bring it to your door? Oh, somebody oh, in the chat will have it. I, I, can't, I can't remember. I can't think of it Scott's either. Farm, Schwann's. Schwann's? Schwann's, maybe. <laughs> we need, Triborn's got to have He's that. He's got to have that. Hi, I'm Triborn. I recommend the tri-tip. Yeah. Um, great story I heard from Dustin Aval. He was down on the court after the finals match, and somebody came up to him. I was like, oh, hey, congratulations on your win. Can I get an autograph? He's like, yeah, sure. Can I get a ride to the airport? <laughs> I think that was, I, he got a ride from somebody to the airport. Hashtag pro athlete. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Maybe you get a ride from the guy from the Bulls. I think he had a, yeah, he had a 3 o'clock finals, and I think made his 5.45 p.m. flight. Nice. Yeah, impressive. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, get out of there early. Omaha Steaks, Kevin? Is Omaha. That, yeah, Omaha Sean Manzi, thank you. <laughs> Good to have BJ Evans back in there as well. Yeah. Is this Todd Bave online, 262? Yeah. Nice. Fire up. You ready? Well, we, I don't have a huge intro. A little intro? A little intro. You know, somebody's got to seize the reins. I can't even yell. You can't. Somebody's got to seize the reins. Somebody's got to step up if the world of beach volleyball is going to be successful and come on back to the level we once saw in the early 90s. It's got to go to places outside of SoCal, places that are building volleyball every day of the year, even when it's 60 below zero and there's three inches of ice and 10 inches of snow on the ground in Milwaukee. This guy is doing it right. We've had him on here on the show before. Friend of the program, Bradford Beach's own. Todd Goronsky. Todd. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Did you get a little rest last night? Uh, first time in three weeks I had more than six hours of consecutive sleep. So I feel good. My voice is uh, – I think, Kevin, you and I are about – it sounds like about the same level right now. Man, um, you're winning by a little. I, that's good. Hey, this yeah, was the so, first time since 1998 the AVP came to Milwaukee. Uh, how was it dating your ex after all this time, and was she as hot as you remember? <laughs> oh, um, well, you know, the, the thing about it is I actually wasn't even at the last one in 98 because I was living in New York City. Um, I was at the one in 97, and you could tell that things were obviously changing. Um, I think the sport in general is a much better place for us at Bradford Beach than it was when it was last year because we just have such a, a big program already built in and all our services. So I would say that this event eclipsed anything we achieved or this location achieved when the AVP was here, even when they did the first live television um, televised match. So I think we, it went really well. Yeah, you make a good point about the infrastructure for volleyball that already exists, the fandom and the participation that did not exist in the late 90s. What percentage of your regular customers, how many people do you have, first of all, and what percentage do you think actually attended the event one of the few days there? 
Well, kind of interesting because we kind of cheated a little bit by bringing some people in. Uh, our league last night has about 100 teams in it, so that's like, you know, anywhere from six to 800 people that had to play at 5 o'clock. So as soon as the finals were done, our leagues were starting. So I'm sure there was a, a heavy percentage of those people there. Our league in general, we have over um, 3,000 people in the league that play weekly. And then I have another 220 juniors. Um, we actually have our junior program at the beach right now. We have our junior program happening. As we, when I need to get people down here, it's, it's really just one email or one Facebook post to over 3,000 players. And that doesn't include all the folks that play in our tournaments and, and just hang out in general. I will say Friday um, – was probably the largest crowd I've ever seen at Bradford Beach at one time. I, I, I'm going to say well over 10,000 people. I have no idea. It was, it was unbelievable. That's fantastic. We know that concurrent events has been one way to draw people into the AVP or be it other uh, volleyball events. Did you have a White Snake concert or anything happening as well? I mean, <laughs> it's really hardcore Midwest. Yeah. I, well, we went to Motley Crue on Friday night at Summerfest, and I will be able to, I will proudly say that it sucks. Pictures. Um, it That's right. There was several broken broke. guitars or broken drums or something. It right? broke and dr- it was terrible. So we stayed away from music and just focusing on volleyball and supporting so that's a quality experience for everybody. Um, I could do a band. I could do a DJ. DJ Roche was there, so we had the best DJ in the world already in-house, so we didn't have to do it anymore. Okay. Um, but in terms of the companion event, what I decided to do, which I thought ended up really good, was we had a uh, kind of one of our regular tournaments the uh, Friday of the start of the main draw. So the non-qualifiers all played in that. We had A and B level. Um, so we had about 100 teams on Friday that played alongside the pros day one. And then day two, we had a co-ed doubles and juniors and about 40 teams we kept it small intentionally we didn't want it to be like 300 teams for juniors because that can happen and um we just wanted to keep it kind of precise and um make sure that people were focused on the pros but then if they wanted to see juniors and everything else so we that that idea of the pipeline was on you know was was visible all weekend at bradford from juniors all the way up to the best in the world what, if any, feedback did you get or reaction from some of those pipeline kids to seeing the top-level folks, April, Carrie, John, Tri, Phil, Rosie, those kinds of players? Did you get any, any words back from folks that you know there? Yeah, they obviously everybody was in awe because most people that live here have never seen them play in person. So, you know, the girls, the juniors were just absolutely blown away by the level of play. And, and there are some, you know, you've got your, your April and Carries of the world, which are, I mean, they're phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, I was, I think a lot of us were very impressed by Lane Carrico. I think there was Sarah Hughes won our companion event. So I think not only did they see the best in the world, but they saw some players that aren't that much older than them and how good they are. So I really felt that that was a great opportunity. On the guys' side, you know, I felt I was happy for John. I was really happy for Try. Um, another really, really good young player. So I think that gives people an idea if you work hard on what you can do. We had a couple of local players in the main draw. We had Bill Kalinske and Sheila Shaw. Um, so that gave it the idea that you can, you can actually become a professional right here 
granted, you're going to have to move to California and train with the best, but you can at least get your feet in the ground and, and learn the right way here and then take it to the next level when you move out there. By all reports, this was a huge success. All the social media I saw had the place packed. You mentioned the, the 10,000 people on Thursday, or pardon me, on Friday. How do the financials work for you as the promoter? What are your areas of concentration? Without giving us any numbers necessarily, just what are the areas that are kind of the make or break for you when it comes to coming out on the positive side in the black for the weekend? Well, corporate sponsorships, number one. I think we were a little light of where we wanted to hit. Um, and there were a number of companies that support professional sports here locally that were kind of, they were here watching, but they weren't invested yet. And I think that we'll have the opportunity to get them uh, for next year. The people that did invest, I think they were very happy. Uh, Marcus Corporation, which is the Milwaukee Hilton City Center, and then Calypso Lemonade, uh, two local companies that supported the event. Um, we saw the Lemonade obviously here, and then we had a number of uh, activities back at the hotel where the players and, and staff stayed. So I think by all reports, everything went great. Um, you know, the financial side of it, from my standpoint, I ran those companion events. That was great. Um, we sold a ton of merch. That was great. I do, you know, I think our venue is a little different than if the AVP just goes in and pulls all the permits and then just collects 100% of the revenue. That doesn't exactly happen that way here. So, I'm sure what I get with the AVP, our, our, our goal for the future is going to be corporate sponsorship and, and really taking, you know, taking the, the corporate side of the event to another level next year. That was the one spot I felt I could have done better. Todd, going into this event, I'm sure you had a vision of what it was going to be like. After the event's over, do you think you surpassed that vision, or are there things that you want to uh, improve on for next time? Well, I know I don't control the weather. And I know I don't control other schedules. So I would say if the weather cooperates with a little better, instead of giving us 16 inches of rain before the event starts, um, and it even rained here last night after the event ended, thank God, because that didn't help us at all either. So I would say given how hard the staff worked to rebuild the beach four different times over 10 days, um, it, was, it was a miracle that the venue looked as good as it did um, throughout the event. Um, as far as like just pure attendance and, and the, the experience people had, boy, you know, I mean, this was 16 years of me kind of nosing a stone up a mountain to get to this point. And I finally got there. And then I got to tell you, I had no idea what to expect. I mean, really, I mean, I knew the players were going to be there and it looked great and all that, but I had no idea how people would react to it. And when I saw people, on the bridge and, and you have to understand if you haven't been to Bradford before, we have a footbridge that kind of crosses this main road. That was the only place you could get in to watch the event. And that was like, I don't know, Roche, you were how, I mean, there was hundred, 150 yards away from where your tent was. Oh, absolutely. And that was the closest, that was the closest anybody could get. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, you know, I'm humbled by the whole thing. I just, you know, I look at it now and go, all right, the rest of the world, let's get on board because I think it's a great sport and we can do better and we can make this thing profitable and survive and get it back to where it was. Well, I definitely think it was a good showcase for the sport. Like you said, I mean, the weather going into the weekend, you know, you guys had some difficulty, but the weather over the the main draw of the event was fantastic. 
Um, yep. The over the overflow area was packed. That's why people had to stand on that cross bridge because that's the only way they could see the event. Do you have other promoters or other other Todds in other cities call you and say, you know, how did you how did you go about doing this? How did you like working with the AVP? How can we do the same thing in our city? Well, I uh, I, I do do a, work, a lot of work with Volley America with Rich Hylas, and obviously I speak with Jeff Conover, you know, because we're going to get this AVP next thing up and going and. And I do a lot with USA Volleyball. I talk with, you know, with CB a lot at CBVA. Um, I will say this, and I'm sure everybody understands this. Every one of these little promoters is kind of like a mini warlord, so they have their way of doing it. Um, it doesn't always work for everybody the way one guy does it. I have taken all the experiences that have been provided to me, whether it's the AVP crew, whether it's feedback from players, you know, like a Todd or a Kerry, whether it's, you know, uh, Donald Son or James Life. I listen to those guys and I do everything I can to, to use that to my advantage. And it's nice that they leave me a bunch of equipment behind so I can, you know, make it look great. I don't think every promoter always takes that lead. I think they're, they're very comfortable with the way they like to do things. So I guess my, my suggestion moving forward, and we're going to be working with, you know, with AVP next on this is trying to figure out a way that we can come up with tiers of promoters that can implement the you know the good things that we may do here or some of the other promoters want to share and try and bring that around the country because i agree if we can if we can help you know educate people how to do it better there's no reason why people can't be successful running beach volleyball programs like we are there's, it should work we make it work they should be able to make it work todd i want to know why didn't jeremy end up at a late model dirt race on saturday night? why didn't <laughs> <laughs> we're eating we're eating sushi yeah, we were. We, you know, uh, we had a nice California guys like California people. You can give them a Midwest experience. The little babies can get out of their their comfort zone. Bro, I had cheese curds. Yeah. I told you that. You can crawl out of they, your uh, late model race. We, I would have loved. I mean, you know, if the one was close, it might have been a little, um, you know, been a little more convenient. None of them were close. I think the closest one was about two and a half hours away, but. Um, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I think everybody, you know, the way that the hours flow in those events, I mean, you're on, you know, I was on site by like quarter to six in the morning and I wasn't walking off the beach until seven o'clock at night for over a week. So I wasn't really too geared up to go get in the car and drive down somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, you know, so we, we had a great dinner. I mean, it was wonderful being able to be with, with people that I, I have great, respect for Barney. I wish she could have been there because it was a lot of fun. Um, I will say that the one thing that um, was really, really good and really, really influential for not just me, but for everybody that was here was how accessible everybody was. Eater, Blanton, Dustin, Roche, all the players. I mean, those guys, those girls, they stood and took pictures, signed things. I mean, Carrie, I mean, I'm surprised her right hand didn't fall off this weekend. Um, You know, that is those are the those are the little things that are priceless, and I can't you know I can't make that happen. They did that on their own. They act like that. They've engaged with all these people, and that'll stay with them the rest of their life, just like it did for me the first time the AVP came around. So now we have a whole other generation, and we mentioned that in our, our little technical meeting, that they have the opportunity right now to completely influence an entire generation of people that have never seen them before. And I think they did a great job doing it. 
So I've heard you kind of allude to it. Perhaps 2015 will be bigger and better when it comes to corporate sponsorships and that kind of thing. Where are you in discussions for 15? Will this be a return event to Bradford Beach next year? I sure hope so. I haven't had a chance to. Uh, we we were, uh, you know, I think doing a victory lap on the text last night with everybody, you know, saying thanks and good job. But I didn't really get into the, the you know, the business side of it. I'm sure we'll have a recap. I mean, literally, we've been down here all morning, kind of putting our 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 site back together because we have leagues tonight. Um, but I, I'm sure we're going to get together. I'm planning to come out for uh, Manhattan beach. So awesome. uh, if we don't meet and talk, yeah, that is, I mean, I, I keep getting all these wonderful invitations and I never take anybody up on it this time I am. So, um, so if we don't have the chance to circle back before Salt Lake city, I'm sure we'll circle back for Manhattan beach and, um, I, I'm I'm committed. We're going to do this event as long as Donald and IMG want to be here, and I hope they felt that this was worth their time. I thought it was, and uh, we're just going to keep building the brand and keep you know, building up the sport, you know, from the bottom up. Todd Garonski runs Bradford Beach, located in Algonquin's Goodland there in Milwaukee. <laughs> Todd, thanks so much for uh, spending a little time with us. Congratulations on a fantastic event. We'll look forward to hearing from you again soon and uh, maybe see you out here for Manhattan. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Rache, it was good seeing you. Barney, thanks for everything. Keep it up, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, when I get out to Manhattan Beach. Sounds good. Great. All right. Thanks, Todd. Todd Goronsky. Remember, Bradford Beach is a lot more than just an AVP site, just a professional oh. stop. In this case, it is a huge volleyball community. If you are in the Milwaukee area, the Chicago area, or Racine, Kenosha, somewhere like that, get yourself up to Bradford Beach for one of these events. Absolutely. They have little tiki bar huts on the beach as well. Ooh, so you, like, you can sit there, have you know, some food and some respectful cocktails and sit there and watch volleyball. What does what is a respectful cocktail? What is that? So I want to find what out what type of liquor is in a respectful cocktail. It means you're not getting uh I can't say that on It means there. you don't sound like me the next day? Correct. Yeah. Exactly what that okay. means. Okay, that would be yep. respectful. You're, then, you're sitting there, enjoying it, having a good time. I want to shift gears from the beach back to indoor, as I want to do. USA Cup, round one and two out of four happened this weekend. It's women versus Brazil. Remember, the men get Iran coming up at the beginning of August. Those should be some fantastic matches all throughout Southern California. And if you think... Oh, Iran. I've never heard of their volleyball team. Guess who just made the World League Finals? Oh, yeah. Iran. Iran, Italy, Russia, United States. You've been talking about Iran for at least a year or two now that you've talked to. You've been bringing them up. They are legit. They've made some real strides. That's going to be fun. But the women right now are facing off with number one ranked in the world, Brazil. United States women ranked number two. Not sure I agree with that particular ranking. I mean, obviously, they won in 2012, but we're a bit removed from that. Very interesting team for the USA Cup. Lots of youth out there playing in these friendly matches. Alex Kleiman, you might remember her from Stanford, from Miracosta High School, nearby, nearby the home court, and has played some time on the national team. She got to start at opposite this last uh, match on night number two. Had the first couple kills, had something like eight points in the first set. Nice job by Kleinman. Uh, Rachel Adams, middle blocker from Texas, only six foot two, not a huge middle blocker, athletic, like some of the stuff she was doing. Alicia Glass setting. She's looking fit. She's looking ready. Looks like a professional player nowadays. Lauren Gibmeyer from Minnesota in the middle. And Kristen Hildebrandt, 
What's with the passing pads, though? She had passing forearm pads on. I want to want to check those out. Maybe she had a little bruise or something? No, I think she's wearing them to, to wear them. Uh, Kelsey Robinson liked the way she was playing. Jump serving hard, six foot two. Where? Oh, she's from Illinois. Huh. Out of Nebraska. Doing a nice job. She had 13 kills, two blocks, and an ace in match number two. For nice. Her. Really nice night. Uh, Jordan Larson back. Burbach back in action. Of course, been on here on the program. 16 points and an ace to close it out on night number one. So the United States with a couple of victories. I believe they, they won the second night, Jeremy. I was supposed to look that up. But uh, I'm sure B.J. Evans will be on top of it here. B.J., what were the set scores last night? We need the set scores. Night number one, USA victorious, three sets to one in the Bren Center. Yeah, it's indoor, dude. Now, if you wanted to watch, which I did, I wanted to watch. I was doing some family stuff here, but I wanted to see some of the match. I tried to watch the live stream. Not so good. Some technical issues, I heard. Uh, some? I would say a lot. Just trying to keep it PG here, Kevin. A lot of technical issues. Uh, both nights. Second night better, but still not really watchable. However... The replays that are available, the archives, the archives look, look good. are beautiful. Yeah, Get on there, get on USA Volleyball and watch it. Yeah, I hear 25-21, 25-23, 25-20, Team USA on the second night. The archives are up. I was watching it this morning. They look great. Kudos to USA Volleyball for getting the archive up Quickly, yeah. And they really look pretty. Uh, Mark Sherman did a nice job. Yep. He was doing it solo. I guess uh, Sunderland sat in last night for one set, so he had a little bit of company. Gotcha. Because Paul was there. But, uh, yeah, really nice job by Mark. And Mark actually got us some, uh, some clips here. So we have a little audio from the weekend. Uh, let's first go to Courtney Thompson okay. on playing in the U.S. and being a part of the U.S. team. One of our favorite people here. We had her on the Seattle show. Friend of the show, Friend of the if show. you will. We had her on the show in Seattle. Uh, really one of the most fun human beings you'll find in our sport. Here's Courtney Thompson. It's, it's really powerful. When, you know, we love this job because we get to represent the USA. And so anytime we get to share what we do with the, the people that mean the most to us, it's, it's the best feeling ever. So definitely excited. The best part about playing for the U.S. team is that you represent a spirit and a resilience and a determination, you know, and, um, that our country kind of embodies. And uh, that's what we do. And we play together and we play really, really hard no matter what the circumstance. So I think that hopefully that sticks out, you know. And also anytime a kid can watch a higher level and say, I want to do that. What are they doing? How are they moving? How are they reacting to airs? All those things. Um, and hopefully it inspires them to go out in their backyard and work on it and try something and go for it and inspire them to dream. And we were all, you know, all 30 of us were sitting there 20, you know, 10, 20 years ago saying, God, that'd be fun to do. And now we're, we're lucky enough to be able to do it. So hopefully another kid can watch and get fired up and get after it. This team spends so little time on home soil. Yeah. So little time on home soil, that it's very special for Courtney Thompson. Did you get to see the crowd on the... I didn't... Bren Center, 4,500 was the number that I was hearing. I'm in. And they were saying at Galen, it was a little more questionable, because Galen's huge. It's like 11,000 yeah. people. The one side looked packed. The far side from the camera did not look as crowded, which it's supposed to be the reverse. Yeah. But I saw people in the upper deck, and I, I don't know what the attendance was. Well, for a holiday weekend, from what I hear, there was a good turnout. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Awesome. Uh, let's also hear from Kristen Hildebrandt. Yep. This is Kristen Hildebrandt on playing against Brazil. Keep in mind, the world of volleyball is 
there's a lot of cross-pollination when it comes to professional teams. Players playing in Brazil with Brazilian national team players, playing in Europe with Brazilian national team players, playing against them frequently, you know, opportunities to socialize with them. Here's Kristen on playing against Brazil. Yeah, they're, they're actually a, a really good group of girls. And really, you know, the coaching staff is friends with our coaching staff. And whenever we're overseas playing for the Grand Prix or World Champs or World Cup, our kind of two teams kind of, uh, you know, they, they hang out together a lot. So, um, yeah, we get along. And, you know, but on the court, it's different. <laughs> on the court, it's different. I like the little laugh. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. She's like, ha-ha. I, I want to, I want to murder you. them. Yeah. I will kill you. <laughs> Definitely. No, it's, uh, that's, it's a good point with the – I know it frustrates some of the older generation a little bit <clears throat> because the hate's not there. USA Russia isn't as intense as it used to the be. The friendliness of it. Now USA Iran, maybe, mm-hmm. hmm, maybe, but everybody loves to beat Brazil because Brazil has been so good for so long. This is a really nice athletic group. When you watch these women play, they are an awfully athletic group of women. And how deep are they? Last year's MVP Kim Hill didn't even suit up. Night number two. Oh, yeah. You could put together two full teams right now in that gym, and they would both be competitive inside the top ten, maybe the top five. Simply remarkable what volleyball has done in the United States, and it's really starting to show at the national team level. It is so crowded and competitive in that gym. And the guy who has to sort it out, Coach Cry. Yeah. Thanks to Mark Sherman for the, these interviews, for pulling this together for us. Is Mark trying to get, uh, I don't know what the number is currently, third man, fourth man, fifth man, sixth man award of the Net Live this year? Is that what he's going for? He might kind of throwing, Just kind of throwing his name in there, see how it goes? We'll call it the other guy. The other guy? The other o- guy. Award. Okay. We'll put other guy <clears throat> on the t-shirts along with the following quotes. 16 years of nosing a stone up a mountain. Thanks, Todd. And also, promoters are like many warlords. <laughs> Favorite quotes right there from that last interview. Uh, let's hear from Kirchy. I'm here with the USA head coach, Karch Karai. Karch, congratulations on a great victory. Tell, uh, tell us what the ladies did right tonight. Uh, you know, we were pretty smart with our blocking. We hit some edges. Uh, hitting edges means not hitting low into the thick part of their block, but hitting uh, the seams and the outside hands and things like that. We made some really nice adjustments. Some of our serving sums came in and gave them uh, some real trouble. And we have a lot that we can get better at. There were lots of little touches that I would like to see cleaner and better. We're trying to maximize the amount of good that we can create every time we touch the ball on our side of the net. How did uh, you feel and how did the ladies feel to play in front of a home crowd against the number one team in the world? They finally get to play on American soil in front of 5,000-person crowds. What did that feel like? Uh, It's awesome to have this opportunity. We're so fortunate to have now year two of the USA Cup. We brought a great Japan team here last year, really put on a good show for, uh, for the fans in Southern California. And now we get after, now we've played a couple in Southern California, now we get to fly to Hawaii to one of the volleyball hotbeds in this country. We're excited to get over there and see what kind of reception USA can get against the world top ranked Brazil. Well, awesome. Good luck over there. Thanks for joining me and uh, congrats, Coach. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Karchi after night number one, 3-1 victory for the United States. I love the picture posted here on the chat board. See if we can get that on the Facebook page. Because I did that on July 4th as well. I broke out of uni. It's a great thing. Did you? White and blue. Yeah, nice. you got to break one out. What a funny picture of Karch back there on July 4th when the Brazilians got there. Uh, good job so far by Karch. We, we will have really judgment time for 
Karch and the USA Women, the beginning of that anyway, coming up with world champs. It's kind of the first time I really start to look at is the coaching staff, the new group that's in charge, doing the right thing? Do we see a nice direction out of the team and the in the Olympic cycle? Really, world champs is the first indication of that. Certainly not the only indication. You look further towards the qualification and, of course, the result in the Olympics before you truly pass judgment. But world champs will be the first time we really get a look at what does a Karch Karai coached women's program look like. How do they play? How do they respond? What do they do over an entire tournament? Don't you think we're starting to get the feel for that already? Or do you think he's still tinkering around? Uh, I, I mean, obviously tinkering. Tinkering. Look, at, look at all the women. But he's got to start to make some of those hard decisions. Yeah. World champs, you'll, you'll play. Your, I'll bet you see 50% of what eventually is the Olympic team. Okay. That would be my guess. But uh, interesting stuff there. Congratulations to the women. And congratulations on playing the second half of your USA Cup in Hawaii. That's Pretty awesome. Good. That's awesome. So stand sure on Hawaii, Kevin. That's you're gonna make that happen. I know. My fault. <sighs> it's your voice. It's on me. Yep. It is on me. For the men's side of things. So we had A V P Milwaukee. We had the beach in action, men and women. We had the women in action in USA Cup. We had the men in action with World League. Now you may have watched the Russia matches this last week. You may have seen those matches where the United States went up two O convincingly eighteen and nineteen against Russia. Then blew it. 27-25 in the third. Had an opportunity to sweep Russia. Did not do it. Lost that third set. Deuce. Fourth set got smashed. Fifth set came back and gutted out a win 21-19. An impressive gutty win for the American side. You'd rather have had the young men get a sweep victory over Russia in a meaningful tournament. That would have been better. 3-0. But I'll take the 3-2. Yeah. Interestingly enough even given the start the Americans had had, the undefeated start, at that point they had lost two of three. After the weekend, they lost to Russia the next night, 3-0, convincingly. But the Americans this coming into this weekend were in a situation where they could be aced out of the World League Finals. Because of the way the points had gone, hmm. Russia was already in mm-hmm. with a victory over Bulgaria by the time the United States played against Serbia. The United States needed at least one point. Serbia needed a 3-0 or 3-1 win. The United States, as you heard Reed pretty mentioned, channeled championship focus. Yep. 3-1 victory over Serbia. Great win. Fantastic experience and victory for the USA men. Absolutely. Now, those matches are getting voiced this week. They will air later in the week on Universal Sports. So get in and check those out. World League Finals now. They have a week off before they have World League Finals. I believe they're just acing around Europe, finding a place to train. Perfect. Don't come back. Don't come all the way back. So really exciting time for both of these programs, men and women. They have some wonderful young talent that is really performing at such a high level. I am so positive about both of these indoor women's teams. And people, fans, oh, pardon me, men's, men's and women's teams. Yeah, yeah. Fans should be excited about this te- these teams too. I think they are. We need more. Obviously. Long Beach was good events, right? Yep. Bren Center, good event. Mm-hmm. Galen Center, good event. Mm-hmm. AVP, good event. Hey, newsflash. Solid Ball's, weekend for volleyball. Volleyball's doing pretty well. Yeah, solid. Volleyball's doing pretty well. I want to make sure we thank uh, the AVCA, Volleyball Magazine, and 6-8 Clothing Company for being here. Remember, TNL10 at 6-8ClothingCompany.com gets you 10% off. BJ said they are actually back in Anaheim. 
They are leaving again Saturday or Sunday. Oh, that's a brutal deal. Okay, I was I was thinking they would stay. Get home, see the fam. Yeah, you get a little break, but it's for for them. Come the finals in in Italy. That's harsh, man. Everybody else just took a two-hour flight home. Yeah, I know. It's, They're just around. Yep. You know, Italy's just around. You have to do the thirty hours of travel back. Ugh. Yuck. Just feel bad for the team that has to travel from Australia. Yeah, that's also brutal. That's a great point. It's also brutal, but, man, U.S. is hurting. Holland, the other team, by the way. All right. Thanks for being here on The Net Live. Yeah. Jeremy, thanks for doing a quick, tight, good show. Thank you for playing Hurt, Kevin. Uh, I made it. My voice made it. Thanks to 6-8 Clothing Company. Go and visit them for the tall and athletic man or young man in your life. Get him some clothing that fits. Visit them today. Let them know that TNL sent you. Let them know that you appreciate their support of our sport. Thank you to Todd Goronsky for calling in. Congratulations on a great event. Congratulations to the AVP on a fantastic weekend out there at Bradford Beach. Congratulations to the U.S. women on two victories and the U.S. men on getting the World League Finals. All going the right direction. Solid weekend. Next week we have Jeff Conover, what, director of ops? AVP tournament director slash, I'm sure, a bunch of other things, Jeff Conover. Jeff Conover. We'll also look to have Leon Fell of the Motherload. Oh, nice. Continue our conversation about volleyball around the United States and the strength that it is gaining. Thanks to you, the listener, for being here on the 7th of July, 6th year of TNL. We appreciate you listening. Hope you have a great week. Get out there and play some volleyball. Yes, Sean Manzi. That's it, buddy. You can go back to cutting out pictures of Nicole Davis. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny because we'll always talk about it. Let's play a little music hey. and get the hell out of here, Jeremy. What? Big ups to Sean Manzi, by the way, because he had the cojones, cojones to send Nicole Davis. Worst, worst case scenario, she says no. He's no worse off than he is now. Oh, he might be worse off. I'm not sure how well, he is. unless he's all, you know, crying about it in the corner. I'm sure he's fine. He'll be all right. Yeah. He's recovered, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. All right. We'll see you on the Net Live next week.